It's episode 27 of the ER Podcast. What they don't tell you about ERP, but you'll soon find out anyway. I'm your host, Gene Hammonds, the director of Profit from ERP, a business consultancy revolving around software, its uses and misuses, and as we like to say, our clients make ERP pay, pay for itself, pay off, pay back, break even, and we even have the cash flow analysis to prove it. But all that aside, what is this about what they don't tell you about ERP and who are they? Why are they so hush-mouthed about important ERP situations? We're going to get into that in today's episode, what they don't tell you. But more importantly, we're going to take a look at what's their motivation, what's their incentive, and how are we going to shift those incentives, both for the external software vendor, but also shift incentives for your internal team, all so that your company comes out on top in your next ERP project. Well, here's the number one thing they don't tell you. Most ERP projects fail. Some are small fails, like the software wasn't live on time. Some are big fails, like we went over budget by double. (laughs) And some are just epic fails, like this really doesn't do what we thought we saw in the demo, but now we're stuck. And of course, some fails are Ed's fault. Ed ran the selection committee that got us into this mess in the first place. He's not here anymore, so anything goes wrong, we pretty much blame it on Edware instead of software. So today we're gonna even tell you how to keep your job if somebody walks into your office and says, hey, we need a new ERP system and we want you to run the project. Say, your middle name's not Ed, is it? (laughs) All that and more. Right after this word from our sponsor. It's episode 27 of the ER Podcast. What they don't tell you about ERP. Hey, a lot has changed in the business world over the last year. We don't need to tell you that. While we don't gather in large groups, conventions, presentations, business meetings, all of that has moved online. And I have to say, the webinar content has improved drastically if nothing else positive comes out of this. I know for myself, instead of the normal speeches at various conventions, I've avoided airlines, hotels, those overserved networking parties they always have. And I've still been able to appear on quite a few panel discussions over months past. Most recently, it was the SaaS Success Series by Sage Intact, which is still ongoing the week we released this podcast. But even better, you can catch up with the on-demand links and go back and listen to sessions that have passed, as well as registering for this week's sessions. We link the registration on the website ProfitFromERP.com. Just look under the News and ERP podcast page. It's under episode 27. So the SaaS success series, it's all about SaaS B2B companies and issues that concern them. I spoke on a panel with uh, Ben Murray of the SaaScFO.com and, and Sam Jacobs, who runs the Revenue Collective. These guys are great sources when it comes to technology for today's businesses. Other than that, lots of topics. Best practices for forecasting, for raising funds, uh, ASC 606 RevRec issues, a lot more. Some great leaders of great businesses letting you in on what's really happening for SaaS B2B companies. Now, I hear you saying, well, I'm not a SaaS B2B company, but let me stop you right there. As regular listeners to the podcast know, I've been in over 400 ERP projects over the last couple of decades, and I've seen quite a bit. But when I walk into a young startup SaaS company, 
Yeah, I still present our same proven methodology and help them profit from ERP. But the reality is I end up learning more quicker on how these amazing tech-oriented startups are approaching markets like never before. And isn't that what we're all pivoting towards in the post-COVIDian economy? The SaaS Success Series, it's brought to you by Sage Intact. No slouches in the SaaS area themselves. It's great content, leading company presenters, and you'll get a lot out of it. Like I said, go to www.profitfromerp.com. Click on the News and ER Podcast tab and look for the registration link under episode 27. Back to the ER Podcast. What they don't tell you about ERP. And who are they exactly? And who are these nefarious truth twisters? Well, let's not get all judgmental right out of the gate. There's plenty of time for that later. Here's, here's the thing. I was watching Netflix now last night, uh, Gemini Man. It's a Will Smith action adventure. He plays a 50-year-old assassin who, unbeknownst to him, was cloned and now has to face a 22-year-old version of himself. And action adventure hijinks ensue. Towards the resolution of the movie, the older Will Smith is telling the younger, same Will Smith, a few life truths. I thought, this is just like the ER podcast. Well, without the major motion picture budget, of course. But here I am, the 25-year veteran of hundreds of ERP projects, talking to you, giving you a few life truths about ERP. And you know what? We're technically the same person. I mean, sort of. You know, just like Will Smith and his clone. Both of us are just as smart, just as talented, given all the same tools. Only I've watched a lot of ERP go right and a lot go wrong for all these years. And meanwhile, you've built up a very successful business that you're trying to take to the next level with ERP. What you need to know is what they don't tell you about ERP. Truth is, different people have different incentives. An ERP sales guy is incentivized to sell you some software. An ERP software consultant is incentivized to give you that same standard, safe, proven implementation that most often avoids the big problems. But should big problems erupt, well, actually it ends up, he ends up billing more hours. He makes more money. He goes to the President's Club annual celebration for top performers in Aruba because of all the revenue he generates. Now, on some level, the software vendors, the software resellers, they want to have happy customers. But you know what's the biggest impediment to customer satisfaction for the software vendors? You are. Well, maybe not you personally, but your people, Henry, Dan, and Marcy. The names change, but the stories live on. I mean, you have a Henry down in purchasing who's been against this ERP thing from the beginning. He's the company expert in your current system, Ultra Biz Pro, and everyone in the company goes to him when they have any questions. And they have a lot of questions because Ultra Biz Pro was written in 1989 by some guys who were well past their sale date before the first line of code was even written. It's old, right? And then there's Dan. <laughs> Dan remembers you moved his cheese some time ago. He remembers walking around a lot during management by walking around. He wrote his own mission statement, just like he showed him how. He developed the seven habits of success. And this was before you tried activity-based costing, then lean, then Kanban. Dan is sure this ERP thing is just going to be another passing fancy. And Marcy, don't tell her you're moving the invoicing to 100% digital with AP automation. Marcy's job is data entry. Sure, she has an accounting degree, and she worked for some pretty big firms back in the day. But this ERP thing looks like the end to her and, and her comfortable heads-down data entry. You see, Dan 
Henry, Marcy, the ERP software vendors have absolutely no control over Dan, Henry, and Marcy's incentives. What makes them tick? Heck, they don't even know if Dan, Henry, or Marcy are going to be a project asset or a project roadblock. So how can the ERP vendors promise you success when it's really up to Dan, Henry, and Marcy? So what do they not tell you about ERP? Well, as you can see, you need a team to make it work. So think about what it takes to make a team succeed. They need achievable goals, measurable progress. They need practice. They need learning. They need motivation. It's kind of like football. You have your Pittsburgh Steelers and teams like that, and then they're pretty great every year, and then everyone else out there is uh, uh, making that possible. One guy's playing for stats because he's a free agent next year, and next guy's just good enough to sit on the bench a couple more years. Some guys don't even know why they're there. And while you may be in Pittsburgh, Dan, Henry, and Marcy, well, <laughs> they're not the Steelers. Dan's incentive is to roll with the latest management fad, doubtful it's going to last. Henry's incentive is to keep being the one guy everyone depends on. And if you take away Ulti Biz Pro, yikes, he's in deep whatever. And Marcy, her incentive is just keep her head down and don't make waves. Can we get this team on the same page? Another thing they don't tell you about is the profit from ERP approach. You need a commitment from Dan that this new system is going to save him time and effort so he can drive his sales up by 10%. You need Henry in the early training sessions. So for the new software, he'll still be the go-to guy from everybody learning the new ERP. You need Marcy's experience shifting to business analysis instead of data entry focused, helping drive costs out and analyzing workflow in every single other department. What else don't they tell you about ERP? Well, demos are supposed to be smooth and, and an end-to-end -end look at what this ERP software can do. Unfortunately, your business is not a demo environment. A bunch of real life is going on in your business. Nobody planned it that way. It's a little messy, but it gets the job done. And the thing is, these ERP software packages, the good ones, work in many, many different business environments. They're designed so that you customize during setup. Well, okay, we call it configuration instead of customization because custom software has such a bad name historically, but they set up the ERP to work specifically for you. And that implementation, that setup, it takes hundreds of hours, much more effort that can ever go in to preparing a speculative demo for software you may or may not purchase. So what's to be done? Well, if you've studied your business with the demo in mind, if you've gathered your requirements from A to Z, if that's what you require the software to do, if you know those requirements, you can get the demo to focus on some of those specific important requirements that are a must-have, along with their slick demo that they present to everybody else. What else don't they tell you? Well, you don't even know where to start with requirements because you don't know what to ask for. I mean... There's new developments in ERP that unless you're familiar with what's on the market today, you didn't even know you needed them. We tell the story of this smallish client. When we told them the first step to do was to gather requirements, they said, well, we're one step ahead of you there, Gene. We've done that already. Here's our requirements. And they handed me a list of 25 items. Okay, so let's jump ahead to the next step in a cost-saving move and, and, and cut the billable time. Only we were a bit sneaky as we did the departmental audit. We kept saying, uh, hey, that sounds like a requirement. Is that a requirement? And we kept adding to the list. 
CFO calls us aside later the same morning, first morning, and tells us, yeah, you were right. There's a lot more there than we thought of. Within an hour and a half, we'd uncovered another 52 requirements to add to their list of 25. Now, what we didn't tell them afterwards was we checked that original list of 25 items against the website of the last software salesperson that had been in the place. It was a stock list their marketing department prepared, and they just convinced the client that this is what you need. Uh, Not the way to go at all. What else don't they tell you? Cost. When somebody asks me how much any ERP system costs, I tell them the truth. Costs too much. Really. I mean, if you're a million dollar a year business, the $10,000 ERP is much more than you wanted to spend. If you're a $500 million business, that $3.5 million ERP system that's right for you is also way too expensive. It's always too expensive, yet still companies end up buying ERP. And here's where it gets a little tricky. ERP software has a license cost. That's the software itself. It's usually priced by how many users are on the system. There's also the implementation costs. Hundreds of hours of highly qualified software consultants usually billing in the 175 to 225 an hour range. Now, what they tell you is that if you take on more of the work with your internal team, the software consultants don't bill for the hours they don't use. So that lowers your implementation cost. And every company every time agrees to take on more of the work themselves. Of course, your team hasn't implemented an ERP system recently, so there's only so much you can really do. And besides that, they have a day job already. They don't have all day to spend on this. So what you end up with is a super tight budget. I was talking to this CIO, chief information officer of a pretty major company locally. He'd been through four ERP implementations with several different companies over the past few years. I mean, this guy's a hot shot. He's he's kind of a shooting star, and, and he gets a lot of job offers constantly. So he was involved with a lot of rapidly growing outfits. Anyway, he was saying a couple of things. Number one, he said he never had enough budget to finish the ERP project the way he wanted to. That's because when you're looking at several of these ERP packages, price matters, and they cut back on the implementation spend and you agree to do more of the work, the initial cost estimates come down in the name of low prices and then the CIO or whoever the guy is responsible for the project gets squeezed at the end. The number two thing he said, and this was really eye-opening for me, first time I'd heard this, he said the very worst thing about it and he mentioned several other CIOs agreed with him completely here. He said the very worst thing was that if you miss a go-live date or you end up over budget on this skinny down implementation, you spend a ton of time, a ton of budget on a big project that everyone in the company thinks is now a failure. They look at it as a failure. They say, ERP, that was a nightmare. And this tool that we're going to need them to embrace, it becomes more of a failure that they don't want to get any of that on them. And that brings us... To the last thing they don't tell you about, well, not the last thing, but the next thing they don't tell you about ERP. If 80% of our projects fail, if cost overruns happen, if the internal staff gets shaken up, why do companies still go through with ERP? Because despite all these costs, you can make it pay. So profit from ERP, our company, has observed hundreds of ERP projects, and we've built a methodology containing the consistent, repeatable steps used by companies that really succeed with ERP, and we bring this methodology in from the very beginning. So we know what we're looking for for this particular company with this particular ERP project. 
And, and then we put together what we call the cost revenue model. It's sort of a value justification, but it's another generation ahead. What we do is we examine every transaction that ERP is going to affect. Let's say for oversimplification's sake, your staff prints out purchase orders and sends them around the company for different management signatures prior to purchases. Each PO gets mailed, printed out, signed, scanned, emailed the next guy, signed, scanned. Let's say you do this X times a week, so many a month, and by year's end, you spent the equivalent of four full-time employees chasing signatures on an expenditure that's in the budget it was already signed off on in the beginning of the year. Then we're signing off on the AP side. We're doing this three times for every single item purchased by the company. So what could we do with those four FTEs every year? What else could we do? What about the savings that we're going to find in inventory and operations and sales and marketing? All of a sudden, your small business cost revenue model says a $15 million company might save or make $7 million over three years. A 500 million company, their cost revenue model might show a $60 million annual savings. I know these numbers sound huge, but the thing about the cost revenue model is once you look at the incremental improvements and how they add up over time, well, it makes a big difference. All of a sudden, you're asking Henry, Dan, and Marcy to get on board with a $20 million bottom line improvement, which is very different than saying, we're getting some new software. Here's more work. All of a sudden, that $350,000 ERP system that seemed too expensive, well, that $350,000 number is replaced with a $20 million number, which is your new goal. And whether the implementation budget is a realistic $125K or, or, or you squeeze the price down to $100K, it's all overshadowed because you're going after this $20 million prize. And our clients do achieve these goals and we'll put you in touch and you can talk to the people that are doing it. Gathering requirements from the very beginning, it's not an onerous exercise that that's a big task. It tells us how we're going to come up with this $20 million goal. And here's the last thing. We talked about how most ERP projects fail, but most ERP projects don't have goals. And you know what they say, you never attain goals you never set. So what they don't tell you is the profit from ERP that you can expect because it's not driven by the software vendor. It's driven by your internal team, how you manage this project from the initial selection through the implementation and eventually how your team actually performs once the software is in place. That's what we help our clients with. This is pure business consulting. Yeah, it revolves around ERP software, but it's pure business improvement all the way to digital transformation. And again, this is not some pointy-headed pronouncement from on high. It's just the older Will Smith talking to his younger self. Here's what you can learn from experience. And, and in our case, it's the experience of our client companies proven time and time again. So the thing is, <laughs> we didn't tell you everything. They don't tell you about ERP. That'd be a very long podcast. But, you know, we'd like to. We'd like to tell you everything about Profit from ERP. So drop us a line at info at Profit from ERP, and we'll get back to you pretty quick. Oh, finally, we promised to tell you how to save your jobs should you find yourself running an ERP project. Remember, we told you that somewhere north of 80% of ERP projects failed when measured by time to go live, expected functionality, and, and that big one, the budget overruns. 
The fact is, we've seen more than a couple of project leaders lose their jobs when the project went south. We're usually, that's the point where we're called in to rescue these types of projects. But instead of waiting to call us in after it's all gone south, Profit from ERP will help you get the budget you need, help your company prioritize the project, and help you come in on budget, on time. And instead of looking for a new job, you can be celebrating massive efficiency increases and productivity goals. That's what we do. That's the whole secret. So whether you just need initial guidance, planning the project and getting started, or you want us to come in and put in a full-time system admin on site to run your entire implementation for you, give us a call or drop us a line. Info at Profit from ERP is the best way. That way somebody's always watching the mailbox. And we'll get back right back to you. And that's what they don't tell you about ERP. I'm the director of Profit from ERP, Gene Hammonds, reminding you, at Profit from ERP, our clients make ERP pay.